Hello everybody, welcome again to Self Improve. This is taking place in the facility right now, and that's why you're probably hearing bikes, weights, music. Anyways, I hope you're having a great Friday. I hope you're excited for the weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy this episode on some TikTok hochma wisdom from social media. Also going to try and get into a book summary, a book I read way back, Obstacles the Way. So psychologist Carl Jung said, if you make the, oh, one second. Until you make the subconscious conscious, it will control your life and you will call it fate. And when I hear that right away, I can't help but be skeptical and kind of disagree that there are things way out of our control. However, I do find it fascinating that some of the patterns, habits we establish, we blame it on so-called fate when in reality they are our habits they are our subconscious programming that was created from us or i guess from our past even so benny what do you think when carl Jung says until you make the subconscious conscious it will control your life you'll call it fate because you can't you're, you're not aware you of your this subconscious conscious you'll just call it fate because it oh, controls your life. You're okay. going to be like, oh, it was fate that I got that job. That was fate. But in reality, your habits got you that job oh, okay. from your subconscious. What do you think? I think that's good, <laughs> good and bad. Is it, like, is, is it not make sense? What do you think? No, I think it makes sense. I think that's like a bit of self-reflection. Like when you realize that your habit has shaped what you do and that you're just something that you just do naturally where you don't think about. Um, I think once you realize that then you understand that it's not like you said just fate like there's a reason why you are where you are at that moment i think you could have a a bad habit that you do and maybe it's something pointing it out for someone pointing it out to you or you just realizing it because you're at a certain point in your life where you're just confused why you are who you are where you are and i think yeah once you look and find that like that subconscious habit or thing that you have a tendency to do then you can start to realize why you're in the position that you're at. Right. right on. Being an inputter is when you hoard information, and usually it's useless information, and then just barf it out on people. This usually comes in the form of conversation, and you usually come off as annoying. Now, when I learned this, I felt insecure because I am an information hoarder. I am an inputter, and I go, oh my goodness, am I actually really annoying? And that's when I had to really look at my own ego and then I go, you know what? Yes, I probably am annoying for many people. And I've been told by my brother, like sometimes he's like, Zev, just let's not talk about this and that. But I will tell you, I know what I bring up for some people they get joy out of. Like I know who I'm going to talk to certain subjects about. And so you could say I'm in denial right now. I'm just saying sometimes I'm annoying, but some, I'm not annoying all the time. And if you're listening and you identify as an inputter, you're not annoying all the time because you're going to give input that you know someone might actually like, but you're also going to get stuck in your emotional brain and give input people don't like. That's going to happen as well. Now, I, I can't help but wonder too, do you think if you paraphrase or not paraphrase, just gave context and said, I find this really cool. So I want to tell you like, and then may, they might dissociate a bit and be like, okay, I'm just going to let them go and schmooze about this. In order to love who you are, you cannot hate the experiences that shaped you. I'll let you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? This reminds me of the Nova effect, where there is no such thing as good or bad. 
that all bad moments will end up leading to something good down the road and vice versa. All good moments will lead to something bad. So you actually get to decide if that moment is good or bad since it will lead to both good and bad outcomes, making every moment and every decision a good and bad one depending on how you look at it. Now, how does that tie in? If you want to love yourself, you look back at every moment and decide that it led to you loving yourself. You have to think optimistically. And that's how you will love the things you hated. And I know that's an oxymoron, but it works. And sometimes people say, I want to love myself. I want to do this. Hey, until the pressure, the abuse, the pain gets too bad, you will not change. Everyone has a tipping point, a threshold of pain. I don't know where it is for you, but you will get there. And that is when you will one day wake up and say, that's it. I'm done. I am ready to love myself now. Some people sadly never get to that threshold. They just never hit it. So they always are in this place of, of pain, but I want to say dull pain. It's like, it's not harsh enough. It's not vigorous enough for them to wake up and say, fuck it. I'm done. Take that with a grain of salt because I'm no psychologist. I am just thinking out loud. That's what I love about this podcast. Benny, what do you think? I think you have to... We restart the oh, you're oh, you're good. No, we restart the <laughs> um, I definitely agree with that. I think um, you are who you are today. And obviously dwelling on the past is only going to bring you anxiety or depression. Um, because regardless, whatever you did in the past, it's done. You've gone through it. Um, you now understand it. And you, you should be able to avoid maybe a bad situation in your eyes again because of that experience and it shaped you who you are today and the, the fact that maybe you're even thinking about that or appreciating that experience is a positive oh, wise wise benny so wise vai shaft is full of chokhmah okay everybody i'm back i took a little breather i waited a few days to get back to this but this is obstacles the way by ryan holiday this book sucked, okay? It was horrible because I've heard all the schmaltzy self-help already. Now, for people who have never jumped into self-help, this might have been mind-blowing. I actually thought of myself in high school as a person who would really enjoy this. I'll tell you, though, what it did was remind me of things I have already learned that really resonates and sticks out to me. That I enjoyed. And I was actually then elaborating further. I go, you know... Things that we don't necessarily like, if it reminds us of things we do and things we've learned, it's a good thing then. Anyways, the book starts off by talking about everyone on earth facing obstacles. But he says we blame bosses, economy, politicians, other people, whatever, and we write ourselves off of failures. We And when he said we blame, it, that is the truth. We blame, blame, blame. And this reminds me of a book, Let It Go by David Hawkins. He talks about looking inward all the time. You are the last line of defense for your own well-being. Technically, you can walk away from almost anything. Technically speaking, you can control almost anything in radical ways. And sure, you might lose out on a lot of pros by eliminating one con. But I'm just saying, technically, you can walk away from anything and make yourself feel better about that situation. For any entrepreneurs out there, this quote was, Bad companies are destroyed by crisis. Good companies survive them. Great companies are improved by them. That's Andy Grove, former Intel CEO. It's interesting to me that 
this book was written way before COVID, yet that applies directly to COVID. <laughs> now, next, there's a quote here. They say, quote, an employee in your company makes a careless mistake that costs you business. This can be exactly what you spend so much time and effort trying to avoid. Or with a shift in perception, it can be exactly what you're looking for, for the chance to pierce through the fences and teach yourself a lesson that can only be learned through experiences. Not only teaching yourself a lesson, teaching them a lesson that can only be learned through experience. A mistake can actually be training. Take that as you wish. There's another thing they mentioned, which is looking at things through the objective eye. Marcus Aurelius used this exercise to do so. Wine, for example, is just old fermented grapes. Roasted steak is technically just a cut-up dead animal. Practice seeing stress in this light, too. Don't predict outcomes before they've actually happened. This reminds me a lot when they mentioned the objective eye thing, about not falling victim to the emotional brain. Look through the thinking brain, because um, it is a great coping strategy. Our emotional brain, as... Uh, Mark Manson, in his book, Everything is Fucked, would say, he says the thinking brain is in the passenger seat. The emotional brain is behind the wheel. And just like when a squirrel darts across the road, you don't even think twice. You swerve. And the thinking brain would have to take a second before telling you that. But we have this gut instinct to do things. That's our emotional brain kicking in. It's actually what's kept us alive as humans. So just saying, it's not a bad thing that we have this emotional response to everything instantly. I'm just saying that's what that reminded me of when he said, look through the objective lens. You can romanticize wine all you want. They're old fermented grapes. And that's a metaphor for how sometimes we should deal with stress. We often poetically romanticize stress to be the worst thing in our world. Again, because we all think it's our world, blah, blah, blah. Food for thought. Near the middle of the book, Ryan Holiday starts discussing Taking things personally, something I really love talking about. I could cavell about taking things personally all day long. Now, he says people would call us crazy if we took traffic signs and lights personally. However, that's exactly what life is doing to us, right? We think we have control on other people's actions. But in reality, they are like the signs and lights that we just have to accept and react to. This also doesn't mean we have zero control, okay? Just like traffic lights, we can control a hell of a lot outside of those Denying the doctor's diagnoses just delay the cure, okay? You can control leaving early so that when the light, red light happens, you're fine. And that's the mindset we all need is instead of saying, ah, that red light is what caused me to miss this opportunity, metaphorically. No, you did. The red light was going to happen inevitably. If it didn't, well, that's out of your control. Some people get lucky, but I'm just saying the red light's going to happen. Failure will happen. You got to plan for it. You got to leave early, metaphorically. Now, I've told you this before. I don't like latching onto analogies and saying they are the truth, but I really do like that this puts in perspective for people the control they do have, even though there's so much of life we don't have control over. And you can't take it personal. If someone is a schmendrick to you, you can't see it as they did it to you. They simply were projecting their baggage. They simply were just reacting to life the way they were taught. You had no control on how they were raised and how their parents were raised and their parents, okay? And you had no control in the chemicals in their brain making them think the way they do because our brains are like Rubik's Cubes when we're born. 
Anyways, this this was one of the one things I liked about this book. Not what I just spoke about, but this quote was the one, one of the few I really liked. When your fire is strong, it uses everything thrown at it as fuel. Again, an analogy that you shouldn't latch on to, but what it's saying is when you're on a roll, you start to perceive as everything is a challenge. And you can't be stopped. That challenge then actually makes you a stronger individual and strong individuals excel at whatever it is they're trying to do. I don't know if y'all want an example because you probably get the point, but fuck it. I'm going to give you an example, okay? When people tell me I'm a sugar for wanting to run a bunch of real estate so I can build my wealth, I simply see that as a teachable moment. Those are teachers. Everyone in your life is a teacher, okay? So that's fuel for me when people are telling me I'm crazy. Instead of identifying with it and listening, I simply say they came into my life not to burden me, to teach me. And that is where subconscious programming comes in because now I take that criticism and I use it as, ah, this is me learning to not defend my ego, aka justification. If someone ever justifies, they're simply trying to defend their identity because they're scared that they are, are uh, they're scared of something, whether it's their failure, because that usually the person's shining a light on the insecurity that they're going to fail. And so that brings on fear, aka being scared. And God forbid the, our ego was to die and we create a new one that is scared. So we simply defend instead of going, oh, they are scared. That's why they're telling us we're going to fail. And then you learn. So that's the fuel is now I've learned to deflect a little bit and say, okay, that's coming from a different place. It has nothing to do with me. I believe in myself. I trust myself. And that's the inward way we should look. And then you, you know, it's hard to articulate. Like, and then you're, you're really listening to that authentic voice that motivates you because we all are motivated most by our authentic voice, right? When, when someone else tells you how to think, you're not motivated. You actually rebel. You resent. If we tell our, ourselves how to think, that's motivating. That gets us to step forwards. And so if someone can criticize me and my fire is strong, I am now using it as fuel to motivate myself to listen to my authentic self because I don't feel the need to be told how to think anymore, right? Like that, I've, I've, and maybe this is my learning process. This is like my ego speaking right now, literally in denial. Who knows? That's the way I think right now. Okay. We got some entrepreneurship, blah, 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 fakakta. Okay. So after, after all that, he discusses surviving tasks and finishing jobs in states. So when you really get it right, the hardest thing to become manageable, because the process is quite relaxing, is the what he calls a series of component parts. So under its influence, we needn't panic. The influence of the process. Even mammoth tasks become just a series of component parts. No matter how big and daunting something is, it is compiled of a bunch of little things that you can manage. That is manageable. 
And he says at the beginning of that quote, the hardest thing to do is to become manageable. Also, next point, every negative has a positive. That is just common sense, but if it wasn't for you, there you go. And that that's what I mean. That's the epitome of this book is quotes like that. Every negative has a positive. No shit, Sherlock. But that is obstacles of the way. Okay, if you're going to read this book, give it to someone who doesn't know the schmaltzy stuff like that. And they will have their mind blown. I was biking down the street the other day. I saw an old man. Towel around his neck. Tucked in shirt into some nice shorts. With a belt. He had... A U.S. Open shirt on. I don't know if it was tennis. I don't know if it was golf. But it was a t-shirt. Tucked into the nice belt. Had the high socks on. And of course he had those Nike old man kicks. What did I think? That's definitely going to be me when I'm older. Oh, and he had the dad cap, of course. Have you guys ever seen someone you go, that's going to be me when I'm older? Or you're with a buddy and you go, that's, that is going to be you when you're older. Did those people say that was going to be them when they're older? <laughs> like, I wonder if they said that too. Anyway, I'm going to keep this one a little shorter this week. That is all for me. I hope you enjoyed. And I hope you enjoyed this different vibe. I just felt like this was a bit of a different vibe this episode. And so, I don't know. You tell me. Like, I'm a little more relaxed right now. You can probably sense that. But I also threw in some colleagues in there to chime in. You'll get that more because the lockdown's over. Anyways, I'm going to go to the outro. Thanks for listening. My mishpoche, that was another episode of Self-Improved. If you enjoyed, rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. Shalom Alechem and Shabbat Shalom. It's Friday. For all my non-Jews listening, all that was gibberish. Thank God it's Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Spend some time with the people you love because that is what makes life quality. Take care. Please, please don't take things personally. Things people do have nothing to do with you. The only thing it has to do with you is the light you've shined on their fear and insecurity. Take care.